0: Log Talk Radio. All the Spot analysis, am I crazy? Uh, <laughs> uh, no. You can do it.
1: Are we <laughs> on a podcast? Yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to come get some.
0: If you want some, come. Gotta
1: get kid. Gotta get kid. Gotta get You're oh, 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 oh. My Appreciate favorite it. though. Am I? You're my favorite. Well, thank you yeah, so much. I I think not. Put me on the e-meter and ask me a question and the meter
0: would float Alright. Welcome to Come Get Some. Day 76. I know I said Day 75 in the original post I sent out on Facebook and social media, but it is day 76, part one with Tom Uh, uh You'll hear me mess that name up many times today. Uh, head writer of the Netflix original Body Thunderstruck*, we we'll get on that in just a moment. But first, first, <laughs> first, first, I want to address. First, I want to address uh, the friendly skies in the room. Um, I had a whole bit set up here for the whole uh, United Airlines thing that went down out. A lot of time has passed, though, a couple weeks. And uh, the, uh, they don't even uh, do that thing anymore where they're going to ask you to give up your seat for a crew member or get a free ticket, which I think kind of stinks because I've been in that – I've actually been on United. Apparently, it's a regular thing for United to to overbook and then ask somebody to leave their seats and give them a ticket for – free travel wherever and, and almost always there was a volunteer and I thought about it one time, but I did really want to come home that day and somebody jumped in and grabbed it. So it would have been nice to have that extra air travel ticket and it's a shame no one's going to get that bonus anymore uh, just because of uh, what happened with this, this Asian doctor who you know, was inappropriately and wrongfully attacked uh, by police or or I don't know if a security or police there at the airline. It's a good thing, though, because they probably would have come up with different ways of uh, of enticing people out of their seats, like really inappropriate culture things like, you know, free Benihana's tickets or something or, or free bucket of chicken or whatever. And, and that wouldn't have gone over very well with anybody. So, I mean, I would have suggested here, – here's what I would suggest, and this is the bit I lost I can't use right now, but <laughs> what I would suggest is that the pilot – would chime in or, or whoever the head steward is and suggest uh, okay well we've tried everything we could to get a free seat we definitely uh, desperately need a seat open here on this flight uh, please by all means uh, we are offering first come first serve only uh, whatever the going rate is uh, for out of court settlement on assault, uh, battery humiliation damages charges uh, whatever that going rate is the first four passengers leave their seats, uh, please don't rush to front of the plane. That's what I would do anyway. Uh, so uh, also uh, I took a week off from podcasting, and the week before that I had the uh, inability to speak on that Thursday uh, two weeks ago. So it's my first day back from all that. And I'm three weeks removed from WrestleMania, a little late for a WrestleMania review, So I'll do a very, very brief one today after the interview with Tom. Stay tuned if you're a wrestling fan, if you care about my review of WrestleMania 33. uh, I was there in person. Uh, I'll talk about that in The Undertaker's potential last match. Again, after Tom Koyeski. I can't say his name. (laughs) After Tom's interview. uh, Here it is right now. Here it is. Uh, Tom's a great guy uh, uh, right now. All right. Once again, I want to have the guest I have today. I am lucky to have the head writer of a hit. Netflix original series, the animated series. <laughs> You're laughing at that. Buddy Thunderstruck Tom Kajowski. I I, I we, yeah. we 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 talked a long time about it. Did I get close? <laughs> yeah, close
1: the J true. is oh, yes, silent. No, I I don't
0: care. Kajowski. We just talked about it before I hit record and I still blew it.
1: <laughs> um, hey,
0: thanks for calling it a, a hit series. I appreciate that. But uh Isn't let's, it let's though? Until yeah, I, yeah, sure. When I heard about it, I didn't before I heard about it, I never heard about it. But when I, once I heard about it, I started seeing just stuff all over the internet about it. <laughs>
1: yeah, we got uh, we got some good good fans, man. Uh, a lot of furries are are fans actually. If you know what furries are. Oh my god, are you serious? Yeah, they loved it. They loved like the whole puppet stuff and like you know, it's pretty crazy. It was unexpected, but it's cool. Like they they really respond to the show, so um, you know, we got an audience at least. <laughs> so, so, so
0: how do you feel about furries? I didn't even think this was ever going to come up, but how do you feel about furries? Because I feel like they're like the new, the new transgender, where, where we have to accept them or something,
1: or just. <laughs> I, I'm Mister Lake. I'll accept anything. I don't care as long as you're not hurting anybody. Do what you want. It's it's totally cool with me, man. So, that's like, that's a great yeah. attitude. That's a great attitude. It, Seriously, like, I just, I, mean, I live in L.A., so everybody's pretty much like that. we like, just do whatever you want. So just, just don't hurt me. I don't care what you, what, what you do in your bedroom, uh, as long as, you are know, not catching me pictures of it to creep me out or whatever. But, yeah, so that's cool. Awesome,
0: awesome. Now this, you're no stranger to the podcast, and let's hit on this real quick, because first thing I want to do uh, when I get a guest, like, like, I didn't know much about you beforehand, Tom, to be honest, and, and I want to know about you. And that's why I put you on the show, and, and I got to do the research, Part of my research was to go. Hey, Tom was on the half-hour uh, happy hour show on the Nerdist podcast with uh, Allison yeah. Hayslip and
1: uh, Alex Albrecht, right? Yeah, do you know him. Have you heard of them? Because they were like big and like I, well, things, like yeah. Well,
0: Alex sounds familiar. I probably know who he is if I if, if I go back in the archives of television. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know? you don't know, who Allison
0: is. Now, Allison, know, Allison was the young lady. This is the same one from G Four, right? From the Attack of the Show. Yeah. Okay, so she was the one set up for failure. And the reason I said Well come on, now now there was there was a there was a time when everybody every everybody males eighteen to or fourteen to thirty eight came home from work or whatever and got excited to watch G four and he wanted to see what Olivia Munn was gonna lick next and there's this blonde chick standing there. And they go, oh man. Oh. Poor Allison. But yeah. she, she, she actually warmed the hearts of the, the viewers and, and she became a favorite too. I was like, well, at least we got Allison today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: She, uh, She's great. She's, thankfully, you know, she's been super cool to me. So, you know, I can't say anything bad about her, although I'd love to. I'll tell you off the air how terrible she is. <laughs> right now, she is fantastic. And gorgeous, she seems fantastic it. And, and lovely. She sees it. it. Uh, (laughs) So I'm on that podcast on Nerdist, and, like, that's fun, man. We do that every week, and we got, you know, a lot of loyal listeners, so... Yeah. Yeah, it's cool,
0: man. Now, that's Chris Hardwick's invention, right? That's his whole thing, right?
1: That's his gene child. Yeah, Nerdist is Chris Hardwick's, and, like, that guy, man, is just, like, he's doing everything, as you see. He's on TV all the time, posting everything, new shows, but, yeah, Nerdist is his, and we're, like... Super lucky to be a part of it. Like Allison and Alex have obviously known Chris for a long time from G4 and everything else. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool to be a part of Nerdist. Did I forget Chris Hardwick was on G4? Chris Hardwick, I've seen him on G4. Like, when I used to watch, like, Attack of the Show or. Um, I think, he whatever. was! He do, like, yeah, he would do some of, like, the. Um, maybe, like, the, the reporter kind of stuff. He'd do, uh, the the. Yes. Yes, or whatever. And I think sometimes he'd host shows on there. But I think,
0: he, he did interviews yeah, on there. kind of
1: made his comeback. Huh? I've seen him do interviews on there. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God!
0: I'm i I'm blown away because I I you I I feel like I I just came out of amnesia. i like there it is. This Chris Harvey used to do that. Yeah. That's so cool. Now the problem is now as I was getting at before is I'm trying to research Tom, your name, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm trying to research you. I'm like well Tom's on this podcast. Sadly, I didn't know about the podcast previously because um, shame on me. And I'm going, it's oh, well, Allison Hayslip and, and Alex Abrek, which sounds familiar. So I'm going to go listen to it and hear what Tom sounds like.
1: Uh, Tom! Uh, you, uh, yeah, how do I sound? Do I have a nice, deep, manly voice? You sound invisible. I sound invisible. <laughs> you, you have about <laughs> as much airtime
0: on, on a half-hour uh, happy hour as Fred Doris has on the Howard Stern show.
1: <laughs> uh, I know. Because well, when they invited me onto the show, like I was supposed to just be like, you know, that kind of sidekick guy and offer witty commentary. But, like, I, it's just, like, it's their show. So I just sit back and just... They're really, really funny, so I just get to just sit there for an hour every week and just laugh at them and drink. So it's, for me, it's great. Like, I, they're, they're the material, and I can just pipe in when I feel like it. I'd like to talk more, but, you know, it's their show. You're an ego fluffer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <It's>, uh, <laughs> I, I... They pay me plenty to do it. I'm just kidding. I'm just like, pay hey, <laughs> it's, it's worth it. It's a lot of fun. So, so now I know. Now I know why you were so excited
0: to come on this podcast. Because finally, you'll be on a podcast where you get to actually put some
1: of your your comedy out there. Just open my mouth for once. This is nice. This is what it's like to talk. <laughs> <You listen> to to <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I really do love that podcast. though. but this is cool, man. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I would love to talk about uh, you know, Buddy Thunderstruck or whatever you want to talk about. <laughs> Get, yeah. This is so yeah. funny. Like, yeah. uh, can
0: it's we can we get this weird. off? Can we get this off of the Nerdist now and talk to Buddy, about Buddy Thunderstruck, Chris? I love being here. It's so great. <laughs> well, I'm gonna start listening yeah. to that show more often. I did enjoy it when I listened to it. Those guys are great. Um, <laughs> like invisible. Yeah, much. <laughs> you <gonna, laughs> Thanks for having me on the show, Chris. Uh, it was a great interview. Thank you. Bye. Oh, what an
1: asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going myself now for being invisible on a podcast that listened to by thousands, and no one knows who I am. But uh, well, here's uh, something great.
0: I did research you pretty deeply, and uh, that, that didn't sound right, but I did research you pretty thoroughly, <laughs> and uh, I found you were a production assistant early on in your career on the Anna Nicole show?
1: Yeah, Anna Nicole Smith had a show on the E! Network, and uh, it was a reality show. Oh, I know the show. Yeah, I was a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was a PA. And, uh, you know, that was just crazy. I hate reality TV. I, I hated working on the show. But mm. she was really nice. Like, she was always very polite and like me. So I can't say a bad thing about her. She was she was great. I mean, I had to drive her and her lawyer and her son around every once in a while. I had to drive her son to school for a week. Uh, and I had to drive Anna here and there every once in a while. It was really, those were actually okay times. So I got to drive them around. But, like, man, being a PA on a reality show is just. Horrible, so I had to get out of that, but, uh, yeah, man, that was a long time ago. Does it feel fake? Um, Oh, it's, you know, a a lot of reality shows kind of, they have producers kind of help steer stories in a certain direction and Mm kind of create drama, so, you know, a little fake. A little fake. (laughs) she can't sue me, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Um, But, uh, poor, poor, poor girl, man. Oh, man.
0: Now, we don't want to speak yeah. ill of the deceased. But did you have some indication? Were you able to? Were you able to deduce in your own mind? Did you Did you look at those guys, at that family, that and, and think this is going in a bad direction? Were you, were you able to foresee
1: how this all ended? You know, not really. I mean, like it looks like after we did the show, she started to make like another comeback. She started like dieting and exercising, mm-hmm. and and she looked like she was gonna do something more. I think she was doing some promotions for some some weight loss products, so when, when I was on the show, like, I started on the show right in the middle of, you know, just her being who she was, and it was, it, I didn't enjoy it because, I don't know, I didn't like seeing her being, kind of like, taken advantage of by a TV show, but, you know, she did it willingly, and she was a great sport, but, yeah, no, I couldn't, I couldn't foresee anything. I, I, she really loved her son, like, right? she really loved Daniel, and you can see that, like, she really... They had a great relationship. So I mean that's like the saddest part obviously, them dying just like a few days apart. But uh, mm. Yeah, I mean that's it's really a tragedy. I mean they were they're all really nice to me, so okay. not I'm impressed. I'm gonna go drink. Yeah, i I this is this is like the worst idea ever to
0: come on this show, is <laughs> Come on, come get some. The positivity show where I'll talk trash about Allison Ace the nerdist and, and, and Anna Nicole Smith and bring you down. <laughs>
1: Fucking Jesus Christ! <laughs> Moving on. So, <laughs> so, okay. Love uh, so, Buddy Thunderstruck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that show that I'm on that I want to keep promoting. Yeah, what about it? <laughs> that wasn't your first,
0: uh, your first hurrah. You've done, you've written for all kinds of pre-existing shows like uh, Fairly Odd Parents, Penguins of Madagascar, Ninja Turtles, and Max Steel, to name a few. What was that? Like, that was you getting your feet wet, right? That was you actually getting into writing into the writing room.
1: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I started Nickelodeon, like, back in 2002 um, as, like, an assistant to producers on a, a preschool show. And then from there, I just moved up and, uh, you know, to get freelance gigs on some of those shows, like Fairly OddParents and Newt Turtles. Uh, I was started off as a staff writer there on an old show called Cat Scratch, which I loved. It was a very dumb, silly show. But that was the very first show I wrote for, Cat Scratch on Nickelodeon. Okay. Um, and that's, yeah, that, nobody really remembers it. We only gave it, like, one season, which is too bad. But you can find it online places. It's just dumb, funny. Um, People talk about and, it. Yeah, I mean, I, do they really? I, That'd be I awesome. Yeah, see I've seen it brought up. Okay, cool. It's That was all fun. And then, yeah, man, just, you know, Buddy Thunderstruck was the first show where I really was, like, the story editor, which is the head writer of the show. And I wrote, like, almost every episode, which, you know, normally do, but we were in a time crunch. <laughs> so I was like, all right, well. Write all these scripts, but uh, yeah, all those other shows are like great training, a lot of fun. Animation is just a great business to be in because everybody's just like so creative, and you're just working in like a positive environment. So, I have no complaints, man. Could get paid more, but no complaints. I always wondered about this when you when you walk
0: into as a writer to a pre existing program because, I, and you know what, I, I missed the boat on this growing up. I didn't really notice until I started seeing, oh, this person wrote this episode. This person, uh, people actually write episodes different writers for the same story the same characters is that kind of intimidating when you sit down for Ninja Turtles to write a, a
1: script the, the people always correct you a lot that this is not what Shredder
0: would say or something like that
1: yeah yeah pretty much I mean like you'll working as a writer under other story editors story editors tend to change a lot of your script anyway, so it's kind of expected uh, it takes a while to get used to. You're kind of insulted at first. You're like, Oh, did I not write a good script? But it's just common. Like when someone hands me a script and I'm a story editor, I rewrite most of it. Doesn't mean it did a bad job at all. It's just kind of what we do. Um, so like walking into a room like Ninja Turtles, uh, luckily like in animation, I generally know most of the people on most of the shows around town. So now I have a good relationship. My friend was running Ninja Turtles at the time, so we just had a great. You know, that was easy for me. You really. I mean, you're right, Ninja Turtles, you kind of get it. <laughs> right. You already know who they are. But other shows, definitely. I mean, I do get, like, uh, you know, if it's a show I'm not used to. Like, when I went on to Max Steel, you know, it's, there's a learning curve there. Uh, but the story editor was also a good friend of mine. And, and it can be intimidating, yeah. You know, you got to prove yourself each time on a new show. That can be probably one of the more stressful things about being a freelance writer, jumping into a new show and then having to get the hang of it and not look like a total fuck-up, you know?
0: right, so. <laughs> right.
1: But uh, I've made it this far, so, you know, hey, I guess I'm doing something right.
0: So, so how did you get to be the head writer for Buddy Thunderstruck? I understand this is by the folks that did uh, Robot Chicken and creator Ryan uh, Weisbrock brought
1: this yeah, up. Yeah, Ryan. I think, I think it's a Weisbrock. I never asked. Weisbrock. But, uh, <laughs> never came up. I say, say Weisbrock. <laughs> yeah, no, this is... Uh, Ryan Weisbrock is the creator, and he, I met him through, like, mutual friends a few years ago. Like, maybe, like, five... For six years ago. And um, so he works for a company called American Greetings, which owns Care Bears and all that stuff. So he's an executive over there. He created the show. He came to me with the artwork, and he's like, hey, Tom, take a look at this. What do you think? And, like, it just immediately clicked with me. And I was like, dude, this is awesome. We were on the same page from, like, the start, uh, me and Ryan. And so all he needed from me at the time, which was, yeah, five years ago, he needed a pilot script from me so he could take that pilot script around town and try to sell it. So I wrote the pilot script, we were very happy with it, and then, you know, I didn't hear from him for a few years, he kept trying to sell the show, and then finally he sold it to Netflix, uh, you know, about two years ago, uh, so yeah, like after three years after I wrote the pilot, he finally sold it, and then just asked me to come back on the show, uh, because we had such a good time doing it together, so that's how I got it, I got kind of lucky um, that he sold the show, because it's kind of rare, you know, in the animation, there's so much competition, and there's yeah so few outlets for it. You know, you have Nickelodeon, Disney, Netflix now. I mean, there's not much for animation. So when he sold the show, it's like, great, I'll, I'll come right on to the story editor no problem. Uh, yes, yeah, so it was like the, it's the best, most fun show I've ever worked on. So, you know, I owe a lot to Ryan for that. So, so, so hey, keep listening. <laughs> great guy. Great, great guy. can't stand him. Um, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's how I got it. That's the long-winded way of, Telling you how I got that job. That's okay. That's okay. That's good. That's good. That your long winded is not other people's long winded. So I'm
0: happy with with, with that answer. Um, <laughs> good. Ryan Wiesprak, Um He it's not his own vision, Dan. You, it's kind of a shared vision. You helped him create this vision. Is that is that not right?
1: Yeah. I mean, like he came to me with most the uh, uh, most everything on the show. Like he had the the way the characters are now. He had you know drawn them in 2D. As you see now, they're puppets. Right, and his drawings were like gorgeous, and they did this amazing you know transition from bringing those from two d and three d puppets amazingly. so when he came to me with all this amazing artwork that sold me right away, uh, and the story was just simple enough, and he already had like the show Bible, so he kind of had all the characters thought out, and I just totally got it. I mean, I pretty much think I can write anything if you come to me <laughs> so it but like this one really spoke to me so all I really did was just help him come up with some stories, and then that pilot script, and, yeah, man, we just shared that same dumb sense of humor. It's a dumb, dumb show, and I love it. It's a great you know, dumb show. Humor. I was reading reviews.
0: <laughs> I was reading reviews for Buddy Thunderstruck, and I watched a few episodes, too, and the show won me over with Auntie Uncle, by the way, but uh, yeah. <laughs> that's a pretty good Auntie moment. Uncle, yeah, It's a pretty funny <laughs> moment in a show. I'm going, like, I'm trying to decide what I think of it. I'm trying to decide what I think of it.
1: Oh, my God, Auntie Uncle this <laughs> hits me um, Yeah Auntie, Auntie Uncle's voiced By a guy An actor named Nick Shakur Who's just like Oh he's brilliant All of the actors In the show Are brilliant by the way And when he does Auntie Uncle It's just it's, People love him So, or, so what what, is, uh, is, is,
0: Auntie Auntie what Uncle, is Is Auntie Uncle Is Auntie Uncle Like a, a
1: Like a transgender Is this a transgender Character on Buddy Thunderstruck you No know, It's not something We ever discussed I don't It's Ryan's creation So I, I have to ask him but It's not like we ever Sat around talking about Let's make a transgender character. It's not like something we were trying to like you know, make fun of or dress. I think it was just like weird to have someone named Auntie Uncle. Uh, so I don't think they were trying to, to, uh, you know, Some of a redneck thing. Anything. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah. But glad you like her. Excuse uh, well, me. Well, I feel like funny. I feel like <laughs>
0: I feel like if somebody watching it wants to make it a thing, positive or negative, they will. It'll it'll, yeah. it'll be a thing when it's a thing. You got some great you do have some great actors. Debbie Derryberry. You got Jimmy
1: Neutron on there. Oh my gosh, yeah. Seriously, like everybody on that show is like I, I hadn't worked with most of those guys. Like Debbie Derryberry, yeah, she's been around for a long time. She's like a pro. Then all these other guys came in to fill the other slots, and like to me they're kind of newbies in in uh, the world of animation. Right. Like Brian Atkinson, his buddy Thunderstruck and uh, Justin Michael plays a few different characters, and all these guys are so brilliant. Like, it's very rare to get so many actors in there and all of them kind of getting the jokes. They don't need much direction, you know? It's like, it, it, was, it kind of blew me away, just like how amazing everybody was. We had Ted Raimi out
0: Yeah, how does that happen?
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> a, Ted's a friend of mine, actually. Really? So, yeah, I, I've known Ted for a few years, and when they finally started the cast for Buddy Thunderstruck, uh, you know, I talked to him, I wanted some drinks. I tried to convince him to audition for it, mean you know, I, I finally talked him into it, um, and so, he started sending in his auditions, and he was auditioning for everybody but Darnell, and I kept telling him, Ted, audition for Darnell, that's the one of the main characters, and you're perfect for it, but he just kept auditioning for the other characters instead, because I think he thought they were more fun, Right. but, uh, eventually, he did Darnell, and, you know, Ryan Wiesbrock and I are obviously huge, Evil Dead fans anyway, so, Ryan really wanted him on the show. I really wanted him on the show, and th- they made it work. Ted was just brilliant, and you know people love his voice and his character. Darnell is like a favorite with like birdies and everybody. <laughs> so, I don't know if Ted <laughs> knew what I was getting him into, but uh, he's stuck now. Um, but yeah, Ted, Ted's great, man. He's just luckily it just worked out, man. He we knew he had the right voice, and so I, I brought him in. And uh, he does have a great a contribution voice contribution to the casting. What's that? He does have a great voice for animation yeah man he's good he's brilliant he's a fantastic actor so and he's actually someone I can say I love hanging around with and I won't smack talk him behind his back (laughs) (laughs) he's a great guy he really really is so uh, (laughs) not like those guys on the other podcast you know yeah exactly those guys are good but uh Ted I was so happy when Ted kind of led us to uh we did like an Evil Dead episode you did I haven't seen
0: it yet (laughs) oh
1: okay yeah it's Ted was just like, so, you know, he's like, yeah, whatever, sure. So, I'm really grateful he let us do that. He's very, very cool about it. So, uh, you know. Uh, That's awesome. Check that one out.
0: How far in is that? Because I I feel like I'm halfway through the first season.
1: Yeah, that's, it's probably about halfway through. It's called Truck Cab in the Woods. Excellent. And, yeah, we kind of rip off, you know, all sorts of stuff from Evil Dead in there. Uh, So, it's pretty cool. Check it out.
0: Yeah. Now, is that going to be a regular thing? Are you going to be taking, borrowing things from other uh, pop
1: culture uh, items and making them part of the show as the comedy bit? We kind of do. Like, every now and then, uh, we'll throw lines in some other movies or references. Uh, there's an episode called Truck Stop Clerks. Or <laughs> truck stop clerks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Actually, that episode is paired with the Evil Dead episode. So it's so kind of like two movie parodies. <laughs> so uh, Buddy and Darnell end up working in the truck stop as clerks, and they kind of mess everything up. Uh, but we have, like, a bunch of lines in that episode that are kind of taken from, like, Big Lebowski, um, They Live, uh, and probably some other stuff, too. So we, I mean, we're not, we're not going to do full-on episodes that are, like, straight homage parodies to movies, but they're sort influenced by movies. But we don't want to hit it too strong in the head that we're just doing a, our version of the movie, you know? So No, when I describe... Like, yeah. Go ahead, I'm sorry i was <laughs> just say we don't. we don't want to become like uh, you know. Ex- that's expected of us. We, we want to be able to do our own original stories, That looking like we're just, you know, being cheap and ripping off stuff like pop culture. Well, par- parody's great. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, I was wondering, you know, if
0: I explain and describe Buddy Thunderstruck to a friend,
1: yeah.
0: I want you to tell me how close or far off I am on this. All right. <laughs> I describe it as Ricky Bobby meets Dukes of Hazard. Uh, that's with a, animals We
1: always describe it Yeah Is it? Pretty much it <laughs> Yeah I mean that's how, that's how a lot of people describe it And when I wrote that pilot episode Like I, you know I didn't know the voices Of the actors we were going to get So I just I kind of pictured <laughs> I just kind of pictured You know Ricky Bobby And uh, uh, What's his name uh, The other Friend in that movie uh, The guy from Step Brothers I I'm I drawing a blank too. He's a great. He's a great actor too. John God. C. Riley. Yeah, him. So I pictured, yeah, John C. Riley. So I pictured just Ricky Bobby and John C. Riley doing the voices of Buddy and Darnell, and that's kind of how I wrote the, the the dialogue. So it came out. That that definitely influenced, you know, the jokes and the humor. I think those kinds of movies are just very dumb comedy. And luckily, when we the actors came in, uh, Brian Atkinson and and Ted as Darnell, like they just totally made it. You know different, so it wasn't like a total rip-off. <laughs> they brought their own stuff to the characters, but it wasn't just, hey, that's uh, Wolf Farrell and John C. Riley being ripped off. So. <laughs> but yeah, it really is. I think that's the influence, mainly due to hazard, because the creator, Ryan and I, we were both fans of that. We were kids, obviously. Uh-huh. That's our generation, the 80s. So that's, you know, that's the exact way to describe it, yeah. Hazard meets uh, Ricky Bobby.
0: That's awesome. I have to say, I, I, this, this conversation almost confirms to me that everything is connected in this world. Oh, oh, hear me out yeah. here. This might be a stretch. Okay. This might be like, uh, this might be like uh, Da Vinci Code type nonsense, but <laughs> John C. Riley played a character in the, in the musical movie Chicago okay. that sang a song called Mr. Cellophane. About the way that oh, you can't okay. see, you don't know he's even there. You wrote okay. a show based on the Ricky Bobby characters where John C. Rowley was in that movie. And you also, on a podcast, where you are Mr. Cellophane. Think about
1: oh, that. That's right. That's deep. I, I'm totally invisible. <laughs> on happy hour. Uh, you know, I'll go with I'll go with that logic. Let let, let me clarify yeah, something.
0: In all reality, because I, I feel I feel like a pillow jerk.
1: Now, let let me.
0: <laughs> the, it's not that you're not present on the show. You definitely have a presence on the show, and you definitely contribute. I think I think I notice it differently because I'm trying to research you and see what you sound like before I talk to you, <laughs> and I'm not getting any content,
1: and that's why. But it's not. I'm the laugh track on that show, and I'm fine with that because it's really just easy, man. Just show up, drink, and laugh. I can't uh, can't be yep, upset with that. But yeah, you know, no. I get some quiet sometimes on that show. Yeah,
0: I'm not. I don't want. I don't want Allison and Alex and the Nerdist to be mad
1: at me for saying. No, me. I'm just having fun, but it it, it is what I'm, it well, is. They're not. They don't care. They're too self centered to care. They're all a bunch of self centered <laughs> assholes. Dude, I was just listening Before this interview I was listening to Like uh, two
0: episodes ago About the woods or something It was your 40th birthday And I was like Oh, I will definitely hear From Tom on this one
1: (laughs) How'd (laughs) that go No, yeah, that's right
0: You agree with some
1: things (laughs) Yeah, I agreed with some I sit there and agree and laugh But no, I mean Seriously, it is their podcast And like They they are They've been super awesome Me, I love those guys Alex is like the funniest guy I know, like, he's just, I don't know how he does it, he's just so freaking funny, and I, it's, it's like, it's like a, uh, going to therapy for me every week, just sitting there <laughs> laughing. Like,
0: huh. He's natural, he's so very cool. natural with it, and it, it just comes Amazing. in, and,
1: and Allison's a great accomplice, to, so, so uh,
0: those guys are great.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's a, she's a great storyteller, and like, he's just funny, man, so, yeah, yeah, I hate him. Um, <laughs> well, you're welcome anytime, Tom. Anytime you want,
0: Good. when I record a new interview, Good. you're welcome to sit in the background. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> On the show today with me, I got Tom.
1: <laughs> may not hear him back there. I could just say it every week. That's, that's true. That's very true. Yeah, no one would notice, apparently. So I'm not there. So, it's a funny thunderstruck. Go ahead. <laughs>
0: All right, so that's that's right. Coming up uh, next week in part two, next Thursday, right here on Come get some um, part two of Tom Kriasky. Uh and and we really get into buddy Thunderstruck a little bit deeper, talk more about uh, the actual show itself, and less about Allison Hayeslip in the half hour happy hour, um, and uh, less of me laughing like like a maniac the way I was doing. So sorry, like that. Anyway, I said I was gonna give uh, for the wrestling fans out there. I said I was going to give out a, uh, man, I'm tired, forgive me, uh, but uh, I was going to do a review of WrestleMania 33, so WrestleMania 33, ah, man, I'm going to take this down and edit this thing, WrestleMania 33, uh, it's just a brief review because I don't have a lot of time and, uh, I'm late on this anyway, but, uh, it's interesting to be at an actual live WrestleMania, I gotta tell you, I was, uh, a wrestling fan ever since I saw Thunder Lips and Rocky Three, which was Hulk Hogan. And uh, I've been to lots of live events, lots of live events in person and seen a lot of great uh, wrestling shows. And, and the thing is, uh, you get to that point where uh, you go, my God, you know, first of all, oh my God, I'm, I'm this age and I still like wrestling. No, but I get to that point where I've never been to an actual WrestleMania event. And they've been to Orlando in the past, but I didn't make it out to the event. And then I have a 10-year-old daughter, now 11, who is just really excited about the idea. And I said, you know what? We're going to WrestleMania. And boy, was that a long day. Um, it's a uh, – especially because it's an outdoor stadium. It's a huge place. Seats clearly over 75,000 because there's over 75,000 there. I believe a, an attendance record for Camping World Stadium here in Orlando. Uh, a seven-hour show. And I don't know – I know it's a special event, I know it's a big deal, it's WrestleMania, but I don't know if if a seven-hour show is really uh, necessary, even for the biggest show of the year. Uh, it, it, it wears on you. There was a lot of silence. I think probably the biggest loser of the night was the crowd for not being very involved, because the crowd is part of the show, and the crowd really didn't care a whole lot during the night. I'm sure they all loved being there. They all loved everything, took it in. It was just so quiet for a wrestling crowd. Um, but but not the, the pick on the audience, but uh, the matches, I'm not going to give ready to every a single match. The matches I thought were decent. They put in a really great show. Some things may be a little bit rushed and jumbled. Uh, I hope it's not lost on anybody uh, how what big a deal it was that barely retained her title with the Macho Man Oboe drop. That was a big tribute to Macho Man. They talked about it on the pay-per-view show. Uh, The Hardy Boys coming back was a big deal. A lot of people weren't sure if that was going to happen. The Goldberg match, ten times better than anyone expected, I thought. A great appropriate ending for that, uh, for what it was. And uh, I I have questions about whether or not there should have been The Undertaker versus Roman Reigns as the main event of the evening. Um Undertaker is not what he used to be. And uh and to be fair, and to be fair, as much as that wasn't like one of his classic matches ever, uh, if that's gonna be his last match, he's gonna go out the way he went out, I think you have to make it the main event at WrestleMania so he can end it the way he did. It was very dramatic, it was uh very uh intense. A lot of people um a lot of people were into that. So, uh, to watch this man uh do what he did, he put together in twenty six minutes as much as it might not have been a classic match more than most of us uh armchair uh wrestling fans uh could put together in three weeks so so kudos to him to still be able to do that uh at this point in his career and uh take the bumps that he took but the the thing that I think about this is that makes it. The WrestleMania, uh, this particular one, special, and you want to be, you want the WrestleMania you go to to be special, and, and I thought maybe in, you know, why why don't we have The Rock show up? He's actually in Florida. Why don't we have HPK? He was actually there present. Why not appearances for these classic uh, wrestlers everybody grew up with and loved that show up at every other WrestleMania but this one, and I felt a little bit ripped off that way, but then. How do you put them in there? How do you fit them in and not make it a longer show that's already so long? Uh, I I guess you can't, but you had your big moments like the Hardy's return, uh, John Cena proposing to Nikki Bella, and then the whole thing with The Undertaker's retirement as he puts down his gloves, his robe, and his hat and uh, rides off into the sunset. Um, So I would say Definitely worth going, regardless of the fact I was up in the nosebleeds and it was like little specks of people in the ring wrestling doing things I could barely tell what they were doing. I would definitely do it again, uh, based on this experience. I'd probably squeeze money I don't have out of Christian's couches or something to get down a little bit lower to see a a better show. Uh, but definitely, definitely, uh, real happy we went, real happy we had that experience. And as far as The Undertaker is concerned, and I'll end it here, um, the, uh, the Undertaker's career is something I got to see a lot from the beginning. Uh, when he first debuted in the National Wrestling Alliance before it was – I don't think it was WCW yet. He appeared as a part of the Dangerous Alliance with Paul e. Dangerously, and he was the uh, – part of the skyscrapers as Mean Mark Callis, and he had the heart punch as his finisher. And it was really kind of a, a plain, dull, remarkable character, but he stood out, and I saw him live in person, I believe, in his debut match dance Dan Spivey as the skyscrapers. And um, for him to make it full circle, and you get to the point to where he's become the Undertaker, and he was the only real supernatural gimmick that would go uh, run its, its gambit without being corny or without people really being annoyed by it. For some reason, whatever the way he pulled it off, the undertaker could be the undertaker and the supernatural creature and nobody cared and uh, everybody loved him for it. Uh, so I, you know, I'll say it was great to be there alive for his first debut in the mainstream. It was great to be there alive for his final match. I didn't didn't even register to me that that's how that went down to like the day after WrestleMania. Um, But uh, that's my review. I think it was great. Uh, I think it could have been better, but it was great, and I'm glad we were there. Um, Again, I just want to remind you guys, next week, uh, part two with Tom. uh, It's more of a real discussion, less of me cackling like an idiot. Uh, Also, uh, tomorrow on the Friday, uh, come get some extra Scientology edition, uh, BBC Reporter the man that got me into understanding what Scientology was, that I learned about uh, the tactics and antics of Scientology from. Uh, He he was on Scientology in the aftermath of Lair Remedy. Uh, John Sweeney, BBC reporter John Sweeney, will be on the show tomorrow. You won't want to miss that conversation. Plus, I'll talk about my really creepy, really weird, really bizarre visit to the Scientology Orlando Org last Friday. I went there in person, knocked on the door, uh, you know, see what it's all about and to find out what happened to that experience tomorrow, right here on Come Get Some Extra. Um, until then, uh, that about sums it up. And uh, uh I don't know if Undertaker will hear this, but uh, thank you, Taker.